Hello, Dr. Shaw here, and welcome to our 60th podcast on teaching humanity remotely. Before I begin, I want to let you know that I am going to be discounting books and dolls that are the characters in the books on my Facebook page. And when I get more information, I'm going to give that to you. I have someone setting that up for me because the truth is I am not that computer literate, but it's okay because you know, you can't be good at everything. As long as I'm doing my best and learning along the way, I'm okay. Today, I want to discuss something really important with you. I've skimmed this subject many times, but I have been getting so many letters from parents asking a question that has to do with what do you do when you have an issue with your child and you don't know what to do? So I think that's a really important question. It might sound like it's silly, but really it says it all. So let's backtrack. And let me say that Through the course of my life, when I wanted something to change, when I wanted some kind of transformation, I noticed each and every time throughout my entire life, the first thing I need to do if I really want to establish real change and transformation is I must observe. I must be watching what's happening. And sometimes that's all you can do, and that feels so incredibly frustrating, But, you know, if you really, really watch, you'll be led and watching with a kind of objectivity, watching as if you're a witness, not taking it personally, not making assumptions, just watching. So now I want to say how this relates to teaching and working with children. When I was a teacher, and this I know I have spoken about before, I noticed that many, many times... Classrooms were run where we were really addressing the whole class and not individual students. So many, many teachers would do direct instruction to the entire class and not do individual checking for understanding. And I concluded that that's because teachers knew what to say to the whole class. Teachers had a direction, they knew what they were trying to teach, they knew what the lesson was, they knew what their objective was, and they just proceeded based on the lesson that was established. However, as we really know, the teaching to the whole class is just the beginning. It's the beginning that allows for classroom management so that everyone is working, and therefore, at that point, the teacher can go around individually to check for understanding. Now, when that teacher checks for understanding, that teacher needs to know what to say. And often, there isn't that checking for understanding on that individual level because the teacher doesn't know what to say. And this is really what I want to talk about. I am not making any judgment. I am not being condescending. I was a teacher who didn't know what to say, and I wanted to really get well-versed in teaching reading. So I asked my district if I could get trained in teaching reading recovery. Reading recovery is a program where you observe one student at a time for a half hour a day for 20 weeks, which is a very long time and a great luxury. You observe the student in the beginning for a number of weeks while they explore what they know and what they don't know. But then after you understand where they're at as learners 
then you are giving tools and strategies to know what to say to the child, eventually children, what to say to move them forward, to invite them to learn the strategies that they need to learn in order to have a self-extending system. Now that training was very, very rigorous. What would happen is that we would take a student and we would be behind the glass actually instructing the student while all other teachers who were in the training observed what you were doing as a teacher. And they criticized and they critiqued and they commented. So it was very vulnerable. And after I got that training and I would watch other teachers and I'd watch myself, I realized that, you know, prior to getting that training, when I saw a student struggle as a reader, I didn't know what to say. So I did observe, but I didn't know what to do next. And then I was thinking about in relationships, if we are watching ourselves, sometimes all we could do is observe. So that's why that's the first, the first point of entry must be observation. My child is misbehaving. I have to see it. I have to really see what comes before that, that misbehaving action. Is it some sort of stress that my child is dealing with? Is it some sort of crisis? Is it just maybe low blood sugar because my child needs a snack and is hungry? Is it that my child isn't getting what my child wants? I need to see what happens before that misbehavior. I must see that. And I need to see it more than once. Don't react too quickly because that reaction could lead to my misbehavior. So I need to see, repeat, repeat, repeat. Observation's the key. Along with my observations, I need to start gaining the skills to know what to say when I'm witnessing behavior that I want to change. So while I'm in this observation phase, and I, I'll tell you something, this is not just for children, as I said in the beginning of this podcast, this is for all of us. This is the key for transformation. First key, observe, observe, observe. See what is, not what we want. Don't turn a blind eye. See the way it is. Really try to get the full picture in lots of different settings. While we observe, we are going to gain skills. We are going to gain strategies. We are going to gain language that we need in order to know what to say during our observations that can actually lead to change. So I now have a lot of skill when I watch a student read. I can tell the strategy that they're strong in. Maybe they have a great sight word vocabulary. I'll strengthen that. I'll tell them, you know, I notice that when it comes to all those high frequency words, you are doing really well. I also notice that when you meet a word you don't know, you don't seem to have the strategy to figure it out. So here's some things you can do. You can chunk the word, like all word endings, like if the word is an at ending and it has a ch in front of it, that's going to be chat. If the word is an a ending and it has a st in front of it, that's going to be stay. So you can give them that skill. Or you can say, let's break the word up into syllables. That can help. Or you could say, let's skip the word, read till the end of the sentence. What is the meaning? What is, what's missing? What could that word be with those letters? So you're giving them a lot of strategies so that, so that the child could discover for themselves what works. 
you're not giving them the answer because if you give them the answer, what the child learns is to be codependent on you giving them the answer. So that's not a really great strategy. Every once in a while, you can give them a freebie, but by and large, what you really want to do is you want to say, you know what? You have the skill to figure that out. What do you think would be a good strategy? Do you think chunking would work? Do you think skipping till the end of the sentence would work and then going back? Do you think sounding out each and every letter would work? What about syllabication? You know, you can give them something. So you, that's like sort of when the writer and the teacher shares the pen. You know, you want to write together, you know that the child needs a lot of help. Maybe the child could hear initial sounds in the word mom. So you could say, oh, you know the first letter, it's mm. Oh yeah, that's M. Can you write an M? Yeah, I can write an M. Well, the next letter is ah. Do you know that one? No, okay, I'll write that one. You write it, what do you think that is, sweetie? Oh, that's, oh, that's right. Let's do that together. Ma-ah. You know, so you can share the task. And I want to say that it's the exact same thing in social situations, in behavioral issues, you share the task. If your child, you see that when your child is getting ready for bed, there's a lot of anxiety and fighting starts to happen. You observe this night after night after night. You stop your behavior. You stop the behavior that's not working. You say to your child, you know, I've been watching this for a long time. And I realized that I haven't helped you to change this behavior that's not desirable. You don't like it. I don't like it. And it's because I really didn't know what to say. But now I do know what to say. We're going to go back to the fact that we made this agreement that this is your bedtime. Now, when you're in that hysterical state, you don't get to make any choices because you're not being responsible enough to make choices. But in this calm state, we can talk about strategies that we can use in order to really help you honor your commitment of going to bed at 8 o'clock. Let's talk about it. Should we start at 7.30? Do you think that's a good idea? Should we start with a little bit of water and a story? Yeah, that's a good idea. Okay. And then should we end with a little nice music, calming music, and the nightlight on? Yeah, okay. And then just keep on repeating that, making sure that your child understands exactly what he or she is agreeing to, and then speak about the gift of that working and the consequences, the natural consequences, if it doesn't work. In other words, if you're going to observe, the next skill that you need as the responsible adult is to know what to say regarding your observations. Observation is the key. Every single time something's not working, you're going to go back to observing, 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 observing. It can take a little time because you want to have as much information as possible. While you're in that phase of observation, you, the adult, are going to research any way you can, gaining the skills to know what to say that can help really ultimately change, transform the negative behaviors into positive ones. So please use that strategy. Observe and then in that space of observation, learn what needs to be said. And it can take time. And you can practice in your own self, in your own adult relationships. Often what isn't said isn't said not because the people involved don't want to say it. It's because they don't know what to say. They don't know how to say it. That's the gift of loving someone so much. You love your child so much that you overcome limitations so that you can be your very best for your child. And you can use that same 
skill and strategy in all of your relationships. So please write to me at learnwithmeremotely.com and let me know if this works throughout this week. And when I get my situation all clear with my Facebook, I will put that information of how I'm bundling books and dolls for the holiday season. I'll put that all on my learnwithmeremotely.com website. Until next week, please enjoy this. This is a very, very important podcast. This might be one of the most important podcasts. We observe, watch, 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 learn the strategies, the language, the skills we need to really make sure that we are helping our children have the best behaviors and therefore feel the best about themselves and be the most contributing in their little community. Until next week, be well, stay healthy, and have fun with your children. And that concludes this episode of the podcast series, Teaching Humanity Remotely with Dr. Mindy Shaw. Thank you for listening. You can follow Dr. Shaw on Facebook. Her page is Learn With Me Remotely. That's on Facebook. That's also her website, learnwithmeremotely.com. Her podcasts and all the books that she's been referring to are on that site for purchase and samples are there as well. You can follow her on Twitter at Dr. Mindy Shaw One. Doctor is abbreviated DR and the one is the number one, Dr. Mindy Shaw One. And on Instagram at Dr. Mint with a T Shaw. Thanks again for listening. Watch out for the next podcast in the series. That'll be coming real soon.